Amen. Amen. And I got an amen from my daughter as well before I even got started on the sermon. <laughs> Peace, love, and joy be with you this day. It's a privilege for me to come back here. I think this is like my third or fourth time. And so thank you. I, um, I guess I'm not saying anything too crazy because I keep getting invited back. <laughs> Let's have a conversation today about giving. Giving from nothing, a little to nothing. He sat down opposite the treasure and watched the crowd putting money into the treasury. Many rich people put in large sums. However, a poor widow came and put in two small copper coins, which was worth a penny. Then he called to his disciples and said to them, truly I tell you, this widow has put in more than all of those who had contributed to the treasurer, treasury. Excuse me, For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she, out of her poverty, has given everything she had and all she had to live on. There's no secret that philanthropy and giving is an enormous part of our culture. Oftentimes, we frame giving from the perspective of large sums of money being donated to charitable causes. When someone gives millions of dollars to a worthy institution, it captures the imagination of many. And as someone who has been responsible for multi-million dollar grant-making decisions as well, I've been on the other side of the table where I'm asking people and individuals and institutions for money, I understand the importance of the major donor gift. It can be a deal breaker as it relates to an institution meeting their budget. Because these large gifts get most, if not all, of the media attention, we have been programmed to understand giving through a very narrow framework. Okay, we understand that. So let's, let's do an example. When I use the word philanthropist, think about it for a second. Who are the people that we think about? Who are the individuals that come to mind? Ah, Bill Gates, yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's true, yep. You know, it's interesting because when I did this exercise at home, there's this one person that stood out in my mind. Her name? Oprah. You get a car. No, no, no. You get a car. No, you in the back. You get a car. Everybody get cars. <laughs> Who doesn't remember that moment? And hey, I have a confession. If I was in the studio audience that day, I would have been real happy to bring home a new free car. I believe that moment in TV history really shaped our perception of what it means to truly give and be a 
philanthropists. And if you think about it, after that moment, every other show started giving away free stuff. In a strange way, the monetary value of the gift becomes the avenue by which we value the gift itself. Bigger is better, right? Not only do we validate giving through dollar amounts, selfish reasons motivate most people to give. According to a study published in the Journey of Neuroscience, people give when it makes them feel good. People donate when they feel hope and that they're putting a smile on a person's face and that hope really stimulates this section of the brain that makes us feel good and the reward system within it. The findings from the study implies that the reason that people decide to be givers, it turns out, is slightly selfish. While according to science, we are all hardwired to be selfish givers. Sometimes we just have to own where we are in life. <laughs> We're selfish givers. I want to push all of us who are in this space this morning to rethink how we give and what it means to be a philanthropist. There will be moments when giving will make us feel good and warm and happy inside. And there will be moments when we give, when we should give, that makes us feel nervous and uncomfortable, but we do it anyway. For this is the place when giving moves from being an exercise of feeding our emotional needs to a place of sacrifice. And that is the place that we find this woman, this parable of this widow. I can only imagine the circumstances surrounding this woman's life. Being a woman, a widow, during the age of antiquity, I'm sure came along with a certain set of very unique social and financial challenges. But despite those circumstances, according to the parable, she saw a value proposition for giving. And to a certain extent, I'm pretty sure this woman found a sense of joy in giving. Yes, she too, someone living in poverty, that person too can contribute to an institution, or in this case, religious life. However, giving from a place of poverty is always sacrificial, and the meaning of that gift speaks volumes. It's easy to give when you have abundance. It is more complex to give from a place of nothingness. But here's the irony. This isn't groundbreaking. It happens all the time. According to the Chronicle of Philanthropy, 
even as the income gaps grows and gets wider in this country, the wealthiest Americans are giving a little lower, a smaller share of their income to charity, while poor and middle income people are donating at larger amounts. Why is this the case? When you live on the edge, giving of yourself and of your resources is what sustains community. Giving from sacrifice is the story of many in our own communities and around the world. Yes, these individuals don't give because they are millionaires and have the resources to do so. No, they give because they understand the concept of the late, great Dr. King's words. Whatever affects one directly affects all indirectly. I can never be what I ought to be until you are what you ought to be. It is from this place that we understand that giving has the ability to go so far deeper than a feel-good sensation. Giving at times can be scary and it should be it's easy to give from abundance it's harder yet at the same time somewhat natural to give when you have little to nothing over the past five months i have experienced this this sense of giving from nothing in my bio, which I'm not sure if you've read or have seen, um, in addition to me being an ordained clergywoman um, and starting my own faith community, I'm actually running for public office here in the city of Cambridge. When you run for public office, half the battle is being able to raise money. And quite simply, if you don't do it, no one knows you exist, you don't have a chance. I wish I could be a little more optimistic about that, but unfortunately, the reality, that's kind of what it is. On this journey for myself for running for public office, I have become so overwhelmed with emotions as I get donations coming in. You see, I've been really blessed to live a life and be able to build, and have been able to build relationships with a very diverse demographic of people. And as I started that journey to run for public office, those people showed up for me. Every time I log in to my files and see donations of $5 and $10, I am completely overwhelmed. I value the big ones, and, but these donations mean something. Those gifts represent individuals that donated to me out of sacrifice, out of little, and they're willing to take away from their own needs in order to be present with me. In the times we are living in, I think it is beyond time for our nation and our global community 
to rethink giving. For the past four years, we have watched the buildup of what is now a global crisis. The Syrian war is one of the worst humanitarian disasters of our time. The number of innocent civilians suffering, more than 11 million people displaced thus far, and an increasingly dire situation for the neighboring countries is overwhelming to really comprehend and understand. The United Nation, Nations estimate that 7.6 million people are internally displaced. And when you also consider refugees, more than half of the country's pre-war population of 23 million people are in need of urgent humanitarian assistance. Most of the families leaving Syria are fleeing to neighboring countries, those countries, Jordan and Lebanon. These countries are weak with infrastructure and they have very limited resources and they are near their breaking point. They are giving from nothing. This past week, the crisis became real for many across the globe. The world saw an image of an innocent toddler washed up on the shores of Turkey. The image went viral. And even if you haven't been paying attention to this over the past four years, that image of that small, little, helpless body made the world pay attention in a different way. It made us realize that the cost of war has deep, significant impact. And as I saw that image, my mind went back to the text of this widow, truly I tell you, this poor woman has put in more than all who has contributed to the treasury. For all of them have contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty has given everything that she had. My question is this, where's the leadership? Where are the widows? Yes, our nation and other countries across the world, they haven't just sat by and watched this happen, and they haven't been idle. However, now is the time for the world to dig deep and have the courage of this widow that we're talking about in the text. Now is the time for us to understand that philanthropy expands beyond our ability to feel good about giving. Now is the time that we must be sacrificial. Now is the time that we truly live into the words of the late 
great Dr. King in a real sense. All life is interconnected. All men and women are caught in an inescapable network of mutuality tied in a single garment of destiny. Whatever affects one directly affects all of us indirectly. I know I can never be what you ought to be, and you can never be what you ought to be until I am what I ought to be. Now, right now, is the time that we all become the widow. Now is the time that we give beyond our perceived ability. Now is the time that we give from the place of little to nothing. <laughs>